Lord. It has the ability to change our lives. It has that ability. And the Bible is very, it's, a, it's, 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 the language of the Bible is picturesque. It is picture language. Take it with me, come over to um, Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. And the whole earth was filled with one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they sojourned. Now, I always read the old King James, sorry. If you don't have the old King James, most people don't. I'm an old Baptist by trade. <laughs> all, the, all the scriptures I memorized, I always remember as an old, old King James, so I, I stick to it. Uh, verse 3, And they said to one another, Go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly, and that the brick are for stone and slime they had for mortar. And verse 4, And they said, Go to us, let us build a, build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad on the face of the whole earth. Now in verse 5, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. Verse 6, and the Lord said, behold, the people are one and they have all one language and this is what they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Nothing. Now, to understand the context of this, God said in, in chapter 1, He said, Go forth and multiply and replenish the earth. The men of the day said, No, we're not going to multiply. We're not going to go all throughout the ends of the earth. We're going to stay here, build a big city. We're going to build a tower that goes into the heavens. They all had one voice. They all had one, one language. They all, the power of unity has been so... Uh, misunderstood in the church. Every single revival has one thing in common, unity. Every single revival that has ever been taken place has one thing in common, unity. Everybody got on with each other. Everybody had one heart, one dream, one life. Every single revival in the face of the history of mankind that has always diminished is because people started infighting amongst themselves. And the latest example of that was Brownsville huh, over in America. Australians wouldn't do that much. <laughs> wouldn't have lasted that long, I don't think. But anyway, come back to our thing. What God said to them this. He said, whatever they imagine to do will not be impossible to them. My question to you is, you've got a fairly great imagination. I've got a fairly good imagination. I can do some things. Now, I've got a wild imagination. Does that mean that God says to me, everything I imagine is going to come to pass? Well, not particularly that, but, but let your imagination go wild. What would you do if God honestly blessed you? He put health in your bones. He put healing in your hand. What could you do for God? What could you do? What could you do? What would you do if every person you laid hands on got healed? Would that not change your entire world and the world of people? Our first mission trip in 1986, we went into the hospital in Port Vila. We laid hands on every single person in the place and a whole ward got out of their beds and walked out. I saw that myself. A whole ward. Everybody got out of their beds and I can't remember the particular ward at the moment. I hope it wasn't the sore toe ward. I think it was a bit more than that. 
Uh, one of the greatest miracles I ever had in my life was I was on a boat between two islands in the middle of Vanuatu. We had run out of petrol. I picked up the petrol can. I literally picked up the petrol can with my little finger. We had four hours of travelling yet to go. There was a small little island that we could stop there. But if we stopped there, it was, 19, it was 1992 or 1993 at the time. And I knew if I stopped there, I was going to be on that island for six months. Because the boats just did not travel. Now, in that day, I just could not stand to be on a little island for six months. And I started to pray. The only thing I can remember was I was desperate. I was honestly desperate. I said, God, you have filled the oil jars before. You will fill this petrol can today. Now, on that boat, I had four pastors with me. Three of them, they got angry and said, no, we've got to go there. I said, no, 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 we're going there. Three of them got angry with me. I'm their boss and they get angry with me. <laughs> but we prayed over that petrol can for three and a half hours. That engine did not stop. Three and a half hours, that engine did not stop. I, I, as true as I stand here today, that is exactly what happened in my life. That is exactly what took place on that day in Vanuatu so many years ago. Miracles do take place. Miracles do take place. Miracles. I have played, prayed for blind eyes and they see. I have prayed for people who tell me that they are deaf and now they hear. I have prayed for people on wheel, uh, not wheelchairs, they don't have them in the islands, they only have stretchers, they don't have stretchers, you're just on the ground. I have prayed for people and seen them get up and walk. I pray for the same people in Australia and the complication of Australia somehow turns us into a different people and, and sometimes I have seen empty hands on empty heads. And you know what happens? Nothing. That's exactly right. Nothing happens. We want to change that. I want to change that. I want to change that for this church. I want to change that for our lives as people. So I'm going to tell you a story. It might be a, fu it's a, it's a funny story. It's obviously a funny story, but it's a, f a story about witchcraft. I want to tell you about witchcraft and how witchcraft operates. In the Bible College, where the Bible College is in the Solomon Islands, the tribe in which we which we purchased the land off that tribe, used to worship the devil on the Bible college land. Where the Bible college is right now, they used to worship the devil on that land. They would do sacrifices, they do animal sacrifices. That's, that's old, old school witchcraft. During the Bible college, we dig big holes for our rubbish. We have a lot of rubbish, we have a lot of tins, we have a lot of things. I, I used to, my greatest joy one time was pouring petrol and diesel down there and watching it go bang. That's what I used to enjoy. So, but as we were digging in the hole this day, um, as we're digging, I, I went down to the hole and they, I said, listen, the hole's not big enough. You're going to have to make the hole bigger. I said, take that wall out another metre and just start digging. As they started to dig, they came across a grave. It was the grave of a witch doctor. It was the grave of the witch doctor, which is obviously the relative of the people in the, in, the, in, the, in the village. And they came across. Now, people ask me, why do you know it was a witch doctor? Because he still had his beads around his neck, his witch doctor beads around his neck. And they, they bury people standing up. They don't lie down. They bury people standing up. So as we've got a two-metre high wall there, and we started to dig. All of a sudden, his bones start falling out everywhere. Now, as you can imagine, islanders are generally superstitious type people. 
and to dig up the grave of a witch doctor is a fairly serious offence in the islands, as you can imagine. But it's me. All, what do I think? I think 206 bones in a human body. I think that's a lot of fun to be had with. So I start picking up the bones. I start saying the left bone connected to the thigh bone and the thigh bone connected to the hip bone and the, in the name of the Lord. And I've got these bones. I've got, I've got a whole skeleton. You can play the xylophone on his rib cage. You can do whatever you want. But he is a witch doctor. He is a relative to the island people who are living right there. He is a witch doctor. But I don't care. <laughs> I've got the soul. So I, what I do is I pick up the skull. I'm getting all the bones out. I'm sticking them on the wall. And all the guys around me, their eyes are huge. Because they know what has to happen to the big white fella that's touching the bones. So as I'm putting these bones out, I, I grab a hold of the skull. I've got a skull. I got the jawbone, I've got his skull, and I said, where I am is very hot. <laughs> if only I have a drop of water on my tongue. And these guys are looking at me as if, Murray, you're a dead man. <laughs> you have this, yeah. now, let's face it, I, you desecrate a grave, yes, that's me. I desecrated this guy's grave. I, sorry, but that's exactly what I did. But I got all these bones and I said to him, listen, you can touch these bones. There is no power in these bones. But of course, they were too frightened to touch these bones, except for one man. One man by the name of David Tasso, who's in Port Vila Church right now. In going, he started to bend down and he was just about to pick, touch one of the bones. So I sneak up behind him with the skull. <laughs> yes, you know. I bite him on the bum with the skull and he jumped. And he ran... Honestly, it was 1996, he ran from that, that point where the hole was to the Bible college. He did that in 3.6 seconds. That is the world record of running. It was only four steps. He was in, he was gone. And when all of them saw that, I got into trouble because then they all took off, they all ran. And, and that was the end of my fun with the bones. If I had have ever realised what they were, I would have kept those bones to this day. But I did not realise what I had. And so I, I put them, I, I reburied them just over to the side a little bit and then I put a big pig pen on the top of it so nobody could ever desecrate it again. Although I'd like to myself one time dig up my own pig pen and get the bones back again because I'd still be chasing people to this day with those bones. But how witchcraft works is this. When you desecrate a grave, when you desecrate something of spiritual significance, and in the islands they're called tumbu places, which is you don't go there. You do not go to the graveyards of the witch doctors. You don't do that. Tumbu place. So what happens is this. That night in, in island culture, in Melanesian people, their culture is this. When the, when the roots, rooster crows before midnight, somebody's got to die. That's... That's what starts going on. So the rooster starts crowing before midnight. All the islanders know somebody has to die and it has to be that big white bloke that, that, that desecrated the grave. There's a bird that flies around in the middle of the night squawking. And this bird's flying around in the middle of the night. There's, there's a, a little cricket that jumps in your door, in your window, and that is, that is a messenger of the spirit world to tell you something's going to happen. And, 
what happens is there's all these natural occurrences starting to take place. But those natural occurrences in the life of an islander, they trigger an imagination on the inside. They trigger the imagination, somebody's got to die. And the truth of the matter is this, we are all believers. You are a believer. You are a believer by nature. Whether you believe the good or whether you believe the evil, you are a believer. You are created after your father. Your father is a faith God. He believes. And so, and as the Bible says many times, according to your faith, be it unto you. And so that night, all these, all these spiritual, natural things are starting to take place in the eyes of the islanders. Now for them, they are petrified because they know somebody has to die. Somebody has destroyed the grave of this witch doctor. Somebody has to grow. For me, I'm a white guy. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> Quarter to five, the next morning I get up, I start the generator, half the village come out. And they said, Murray, you're still alive. I said, yes. <laughs> Is there something going on <laughs> that I don't know about? They said, you don't understand the witchcraft of this place. The, the witch doctor is called the valley. And the witch doctor has to kill you. The, the spirit world has to kill you because you have desecrated the grave. And I said, well, I'm still here. Where's the spirit world? And they just, they have no answer. Because, of course, this is what they live in every single day of their lives. I train people to be pastors. I train them in the Word of God. I train them in the Word of God. I train them in the Word of God. But sometimes when the chips are really down, they'll go back to their own green witchcraft, their own green leaf. I call it green leaf. They go back. And that unfortunately is the same with you and I. What do you truly see about yourself and what do you truly believe on the inside? Because it's not what you believe with your head. It's what you believe in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What do you truly believe on the inside? So in, in, to finish up that story, we went and had a prayer meeting and then they explained to me why I should be dead. And I explained to them, well, I'm pretty much alive and it doesn't because, and, and that, they will tell you themselves, their witchcraft does not work on white people. It just does not work. Why does not work? Because we don't believe. There is nothing on the inside of me that links me to their witchcraft. Our own Aboriginals, if you go up north, you go to the, uh, the, the Aboriginal tribes, they have the, the, the bone of the thigh bone of a man. They whittle it down to a point. When the witch doctor, which is in the tribe where we were near, was, was the Kadaichi man, and when he points that bone at people, you know what happens? They die. No physical reason whatsoever, they die. Witchcraft works. But witchcraft is always, now listen to me carefully, it is always a counterfeit of God. It is not the real. Witchcraft is not the real, but witchcraft has to use, the devil, the spirit world, has to use the faith that is on the inside of every single human living being. Because according to your faith, be it unto you. According to my faith, be it unto me. According to my faith. 
And so now what, what we've got to understand is that many times we read the Bible and we speak the Bible and we can, we can parrot the Bible as it were. Diana had a little red parrot in the Solomon Islands. It used to, we had it on a string. It flew between a, a pawpaw tree and the house. Diana taught it to say, you must be born again. She did. She taught it, you must be born again. And that's the little parrot said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But what happens is because it's stuck on the string when the pussycat comes and it can't go anywhere, but the bird can say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. The pussycat's coming. And what happens is, and that's what happens to so many people. We know the scriptures to say, but they have no faith on the inside of us because they have no connection with a, with, a, with a meditation. It has no connection with an imagination on the inside of us. And we can say the right words and nothing takes place because there's nothing on the inside of you. We know the right words to say, by his stripes I'm healed. But my question is not by his stripes I am healed, because that's God's word. My question is for every single one of you and I, what is the imagination that that word creates on the inside of you? Because if that word, if that scripture has no imagination on the inside of us, then there is no thought. If there's no thought, then there is no faith. If there is no faith, then we receive nothing from God again. And the trouble with Christianity is that we go around a vicious circle. We know what God's Word says. We've known and we've heard of the stories of the people who get healed after healed, but it doesn't happen for me. And so I start to, in my own mind and my own understanding, I think, well, that's for other people. It's not really for me. You're very quiet now. <laughs> now, is I, I want to help you. I also want to help myself because we're not going to stay this way. This church is not going to stay this way. You're going to be a part of a church. I've talked to Peter. Peter is very excited about a church that is full of people of faith, full of people who believe. And, and we say the right things with our mouth, but because there is no corresponding picture on the inside of our minds and the inside of our hearts, then nothing happens for us. You go to church week in, week in, week out, week in. You go to church for 40 years of your life. And if nothing happens, is that not boring? The definition of stupidity is to do exactly the same thing over and over and over and over and over and expect a different result. It's not going to happen. So therefore, something has to change on the inside of me. Something has to change on the inside of you. And that change has got to be, we have got to understand how to meditate upon God's Word. Because God's Word is the power. I've got to understand, God's Word is the generator. The generator is not me. But when I am plugged into the generator and when the generator works, those lights come on. When the generator works, when that cord is fit into the generator, I can work. I can lay my hands on the sick and I can see something happen because I believe in God's Word. I believe that I am there and I'm plugged into God. And when I picture in my imagination, I start to see something. Our greatest problem? 
home and away at seven o'clock. Our greatest problem? We spend so much time watching a small black box in the corner of our rooms that we give ourselves no opportunity to meditate upon God's Word, to build God's Word into my heart, to imagine and to picture God's Word into my heart. When I don't do that, then let me, let me understand. We will receive nothing from God. Nothing. 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 But why? Because we are double-minded. You know, the, the time where your brain is least active? Some people say, my brain is least active when I'm asleep. Your brain is the most active when you're asleep. You are dreaming, you are picturing, you are going all sorts of things in your brain. Now, whether you remember every dream or not has nothing to do with it. Your brain is so active while you're asleep because you... It's 10.30... Your brain is so active while you're asleep. You've got to understand, but while you are watching the box, your brain does not work. Because instead of your brain activating pictures, those pictures are activated by the screen, and those are the screen. So your brain is just... uh, My dad used to call it the idiot box. Because it creates idiots. What we've got to get back to is God's Word. God's Word is quick and powerful. It is full of power. And when you meditate upon God, two scriptures, and then we go. Otherwise, I can talk for another hour, trust me. But I'll give you two scriptures. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I've got it written down. You don't need to look at it. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is according to is written therein. Then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have great success. Psalms chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he does meditate day and night. He shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season and his leaf shall not wither and whatever you do shall prosper. This is God's word to you. So how do we do this? Very simply. In saying read your Bible is an understatement, but in reading the lot, you read the small. In reading the lot, you read the small. What is the small? The small is when I'm reading God's word and God prompts me on something. I stop and I read that verse again. I stop and I read that verse again. I start to cross-reference that verse with what I know in my mind. I I grab a hold of my my Bible. I start to cross-reference it with other scriptures. I start to cross-reference it. In reading the most, you read the small. You know I could go for another hour, but I won't. Good boy. I am back again in two weeks and we're going to wrap this up with God's word according to God's word and and, and the rest of it. The, The understanding, very simply, you must understand God's word is your source of power. When you are plugged into his word, then you start to dream about his word. When you go home tonight, what will you dream about? What will you think about? What will you think about? See, it don't go, to the, don't go to the box in the corner of the room. Go to God's Word and start to use the stories of God's Word to create imaginations. Imagine pictures on the inside of you. Imagine being there when David cuts off the head of Goliath. 
I love those sort of stories because it's lots of blood and guts and you chop. Because one, one hit wouldn't have hit Goliath with a big head. You know, he's got to cut it half a dozen times. I can see that. Blood goes everywhere. It's fantastic. This is your imagination. This is your imagination. You pick stories that you like. Pick stories that you like. The little woman touching the hem of Jesus' garment, pushing through the crowd. You know, you've got to elbow some people. If you've ever been in a big crowd, you've got to elbow some people. You've got to push through. Anyway, lots of stories about that too. Understand, nothing works without faith. Nothing. It is impossible to please God without faith. You must first believe that God is. Understand that. Then you must plug into God. But then it's not just the it's not just the it's not just the verse. You must meditate upon God's word. When you meditate upon God's word, when you picture God's word, and you use those pictures, ask yourself tonight when you go home, what do I really think about myself? Can I be a man of God? Can I be a woman of God? I'm too frightened to talk. I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too this, I'm too that. That is not what your father says about you. Your father says you are a champion. Your father says that every time you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Your father says that you are an outstanding person, that he loves you more than anything else, that you are the apple of his eye. He thinks about you daily. He thinks about you all the time. That's what your father says about you. You are not depressed if you think about God and his word. Father, this day, Let your word, let your anointing, let your power seep in. Father, deeper than ever before and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost take these words, take these examples and spread them into your hearts this day that this church shall be a church of revival, that this church shall be a church of prosperity, that this church shall be a place of health, that this church shall be what you have called us to be in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that message. Join us next week as we continue the sermon series, Building in the Spirit. Have a great week.